This is Amplify You, the podcast about you discovering your message and broadcasting it to the world. If you're a coach, author, or speaker, you'll want to tune in. If you're looking for the best return on your time investment to get your message out to the world in a bigger way, we're giving you full access and behind the scenes look of how we're running our podcast, how our clients have found success, and what you can do to launch your podcast today. The world needs your message. I'm Michelle Abraham, the host. Join my family as we unleash your unique genius and find the connections you need to launch your adventure today. Join us and let's get amplified. Hello, Amplify You family. Michelle Abraham here, your host, and today I'm bringing you an amazing guest. Today I have Dr. Roberta Shaler here from Save Your Insanity, Save Your Sanity podcast. I want to say insanity because it's insane all the things that people have to deal with. Just listening to your podcast, Dr. Roberta, it's just amazing. There's so many people who have so many different toxic relationship issues. So Dr. Shaler provides urgent and ongoing care for relationships in crisis. And I'm sure there's a lot of things going on right now with people stuck at home together and maybe don't necessarily like each other anymore. Their kids are home too. Couples are not uh, able to have that private time alone when kids are normally at school. And so uh, your podcast has been around for a long time. We're going to dive into all about the success of your podcast and also talk a little bit about how you got started in podcasting and what your show is all about. So thank you so much for being with us today. My pleasure. Awesome. So let's take it back to the beginning. You've been podcasting since I think we were talking around since 2002, 2001, somewhere around there. I have. I was an internet pioneer in internet radio when we first had to go into a studio and record in internet radio. So yes, 2002. 2002, yes. So when you went into the studio, you had the headsets and the microphones and the huge decks and the the, the great sound. And did you have the dial-up internet connection too, I'm sure? <laughs> it was a, yeah. a lot more complicated. <laughs> Yeah, it was very complicated. We had a technician. It was sort of like, you can't do this on your own. You must come to the studio. And it wasn't very long before I realized, oh, yes, I could do it on my own. <laughs> I love that. I talk highly about my friend James Martell he used to tell me he used to have a phone in his hand and it was connected to the wall of the phone and he was using the um, dial-up connection and a microphone putting it on the mic, putting it on the phone, like it's so many crazy things that, you know, makes uh, the fear of podcasting now for some of us seem so silly because it really, it's so much easier now. Just set up your show and press, press record. So what are some things that you've seen in the success of your show? What do you think some of the things have contributed to the success of your show over the years? Well, the most important learning was one that I resisted, and I think a lot of people do resist, Michelle, and that is to have a very, very narrow niche audience. <laughs> people who are doing big shows with y'all come and we're going to talk about relationships, that is a whole different market than knowing exactly to whom you're talking and wanting all of them rather than y'all come. 
Mm, yes, I love that. We have uh, one of our clients, Emily uh, Clark, she started doing a really great podcast all about anxiety. And so instead of talking about women in general and wellness in general, she was speaking about anxiety. And I think that really helped her show become really successful as well. So have you always been talking to people with talk in toxic relationships? That's been your focus the whole time or has it changed over the years? Oh, I had to learn that lesson myself. So I started, my first show was called Optimize Life Now. And it was all ways to optimize your life in relationships, in your personal life, in the way that you organized your life, all kinds of things. And it was very popular. Um, however, that was early days. There weren't very many, so it was pretty easy to be popular. <laughs> um, but over the years, I've had different shows. I've been running this show now for two and a half years, just about. And <clears throat> this is the best yet. Um, this is where I have had the deepest opportunity to connect with people and the most people. My podcast just surpassed a quarter of a million downloads. Wow, that's amazing. Congratulations. That's a great milestone to, to accomplish and in two and a half years too. So uh, my podcasters listening out there that are just getting started now are thinking about a show, two and a half years, quarter of a million downloads. That's amazing. We really love that. So uh, is there anything else that you think that uh, really from this show that you have right now, your current show compared to previous shows, so narrowing the audience a little bit more, is there anything else that you did differently? I think the way, of course, that I do the show has changed a bit. Now, I had a leg up. I mean, I've always been a musician. I've always been on stage. I've always been a speaker, and I've done lots of radio and TV. So it was an easy thing for me to start doing. And I know that's not always the truth for other people. You know, they may have a little trepidation speaking into the vacuum of a microphone. Uh, I didn't have that problem. So... If you have that, if it's new to you, you know, put up a picture of somebody you know loves you and speak to that picture <laughs> as your target audience so that your podcast is going to someone. I love that. I think that's really good advice for people doing their solo shows too, right? Where you don't necessarily have someone else's energy to bounce off of as a guest. It makes it more challenging to keep your energy up. So Putting a picture of that loved one there on the screen. I think that's a great idea. Thank you for that. Have you, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> well, my, I do two shows a week. So one is an interview show, one is a solo cast. So if you don't have the other person to bounce off of, it is a good idea to have at least someone in mind that you're speaking to. And, you know, all of the promotional wisdom tells you to have an avatar, that one person that is your ideal client or your ideal person to reach. And that's important. It's very important. Some people gloss over that. They say, oh, well, you know, everybody can use my information. Perhaps but not necessarily. You need to know to whom you're speaking. Mm -hmm. I love that. And have you named your audience? Like, does your audience have a name of people that you uh, call them? No. <laughs> no, they don't. But of course, because I trademarked the term hijackles, mm -hmm. everybody who is familiar with my work knows I'm going to speak about hijackles. And the reason that I trademarked that term, just probably of interest to your people, is that too many people, in my opinion, were going off to the Google goddess and saying, here's what's happening in my relationship. And they were confusing the Google goddess with a mental health professional. Mm 
So they, they were getting information back that was suggesting diagnoses. That's inappropriate. And here's why. I mean, it may be enlightening for you to think, oh, perhaps my partner is a narcissist, psychopath, sociopath, or whatever. But it won't help you because you're in the relationship. So it may be in a starting place, but it won't help you. So I wanted to create a term that we could all use that would describe the patterns, traits, and cycles of these people, the behaviors you're actually going to have interactions with. And then we could talk about it freely. So I trademarked that term, I know, four years ago. And, and now people write to me and they say, I think I've just been hijackled. I mean, they're turning it into all kinds of things. But it's a really good way to interact with the audience because we have that special piece of language mm -hmm. and we all know what it means. The definition of a hijackal is a person who hijacks a relationship for his or her own purposes and then relentlessly scavenges it for power, status, and control. Mm -hmm. So everybody knows one of those folks. <laughs> And when you actually realize that you may have been trying to appease them or please them for a lot of time in your life, and that they are the people who are like the Red Queen in Alice in Wonderland, you know, she who will not be pleased, <laughs> it's really important to get connected with my show so that you are learning all the time. Oh, there's that and there's that. And this is the way they have their tentacles around my soul. Maybe it was a parent who was a hijackal. Mm -hmm. Change the whole way you view yourself and your life and you can unpack those things. So this is what I mean about having a deep, narrow niche. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm Canadian. I live in San Diego. So I'm saying niche because I know where you live. <laughs> but down here, of course, we talk about it as a niche. Yeah, um, but whichever way you're doing it, please take it to heart that you need that deep, narrow niche. Mm -hmm. I really love what you've done and named it that person because I was uh, listening to your podcast and I know you talk about the hijackle so much in your show that I think it's a really cool uh, idea. And that's what I was asking about the audience of you. Some podcasters call their audience a certain name, but I love how it's the person in the relationship. That's the problem that you really named and identified as something unique to your show. So that when people are talking about it, we know exactly where it comes from. If you hear that word somewhere else, you know, it's from your show and you know that that's, and you guys are speaking the same language then as you and your audience. I think that's really fascinating. And it obviously has worked really well for a really great connection between your audience with so many downloads. Um, have you seen it work in any other, any, are there any other things that you've noticed about having that particular um, word in your, in your, in your show? Well, sure, because I have all kinds of spin-off things. I have Facebook groups. I have a membership site. You know, I have things to offer. I've written 16 books. Um, I have a course called Seeing the Cycles, a video course people can take online. Oh, that thing has a name, and I know I can do something with it, and oh, I'm not alone because hijackers like to isolate and marginalize you. You know, I've had people who have married a hijackal, and then the hijackal has convinced them that to move to another community where they know nobody and live on a farm would be a really good idea. And then all of a sudden, they're being completely verbally, emotionally, maybe sexually and physically abused. And 
it was because the hijackers sweet talked them into the romance of having this grand adventure. But the manipulation was, let me get you somewhere where you will feel isolated. So if that person can listen to the show, if they read what's on my website, if they engage in my groups, if they come and be a member, because I have membership software that's totally off social media, because hijackals, they are, they surveil you. You know, they'll come by and they'll try to see which Facebook groups you're in and they'll go through your phone and they'll do all of that. So we need safe places for that. Now, everybody doesn't need that kind of thing, Michelle, but my people do. Oh. And so, yes, there are lots and lots of ways that the show can lead you to a safe place to get help. And then I see one-on-one -on -one clients via Zoom all over the world. And that's another great opportunity for people to get help. Mm -hmm. I love that because you really have a clear understanding of your audience and their needs. And I think that's what's really important to like a lot of, uh, a lot of shows that are on a more broader scale, they might not have that same sort of connection and knowing who their audience really is. So I think the fact that you know that your audience needs that safe membership place because that person does look on their phone and look for which Facebook groups, I think that's brilliant. You really, uh, really obviously understand the audience super well. And, and I think that providing that safe place for them is so great because now it's a lot easier for them to move as a listener in that fear kind of mode and listening in, or even like may not even understand that they're in with a toxic relationship until they listen in. So I said, I recommend your show to anyone in a relationship because you're going to learn something no matter what kind of relationship you are in. Right. And so then moving, especially if your relationship is going a little bit sideways, you know, if you start to think, is it me? Is it me? It, they're always telling me it's me. Everything is my fault. Everything is wrong. Then at that moment, it's good to be able to calibrate. Am I in a difficult situation, but a good relationship with potential? Or am I actually going into the phase where this person is showing me who they really are? And when you're a good person, you're empathic and you go the extra mile and you justify and rationalize and make excuses. Oh, they're going through a bad patch. Oh, they had a bad childhood. Oh, they drink too much. I mean, you will do anything in order to extend that uh, generosity of spirit to the person and there has to be a time when you actually look and say whoa I've bent over way too far backwards here I've lost my way a bit let me get straightened out and straightened up and these are important and, and to your point about podcasting Michelle there are many ways to be a podcaster some people want to create celebrity for themselves they want to be that that internet um, kind of jock on the radio right like it's all about me they want to be the next Howard Stern mm -hmm. and then the other end of the spectrum is being of service to a particular group and people fall somewhere in between mm -hmm. and it's important to know what your intention is with your podcast yeah I love that and I love how you've also created um, a whole business now did your business come first or did the podcast come first as a as a spin-off from the, the business I've been in business for 35 years so I've I've always had a practice in fact uh, for a brief period of time because I didn't realize that if I moved to Seattle I would have to give it up but for a brief period of time I was even the president of the British Columbia um, 
Association of Clinical Counselors. But just after taking on that role, I moved to Seattle. And then, oh, there was in the bylaws that you couldn't live out of the province. So I thought I could just run back and forth over the border, but I couldn't. But no, I've been in this business for a long, long time. And the podcasting came because I saw immediately in 2002 the advantage of being able to reach people from a microphone that did not require a radio station. Hmm. And that was very freeing. So I have had podcasts on and on for all that time. I've been with WS Radio. I was with World Talk Radio. I was with BBS Radio. And now, of course, I do it all from sitting right here. <laughs> Love it. And so, and you use Zoom now for your recordings on your podcast. Is that correct? I do because I do it all in video. Um, marketing your podcast is an interesting thing. We might want to talk about that, would you? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I do and what I found really worked video, then I build my show using that particular file as an MP3. And so the podcast goes out audio only. Then after a few months, I edit the video and then re-release it. So my podcast goes to YouTube as an audio file with good thumbnail and gets lots of listens. And then later, not all, not all interviews work for this, but ones that I really want to, then it, it becomes a video file later. And then I do an extra step, which is... People who have been on my podcast made an email that invites them to come and do a Facebook Live with me so that we get another exposure. My people get more information about someone they already enjoyed. They get to hear, oh, go back and listen to the podcast episode. And so we keep it going. And for my most favorite by audience standard guess and by mine too, I'll do that. Um, after that, every six months, I'll have them back on the show so that I only deal with people who are experts in their field. So they're getting, you know, really great information, but the marketing works extremely well. And then Facebook works for me very well. Mm -hmm. So I am always interacting with my groups on Facebook um, I have pages for my podcast. I have pages for the podcast that preceded it. Uh, there's 100 episodes of Emotional Savvy up there. Um, all of those things are still working for me and allowing people access to all of my guests. Mm, I love that. You know, I really like the idea of bringing on your guests um, for an extra additional training on Facebook Live. I haven't heard of many people doing that. I've heard of people reaching back out to their guests and asking them to promote or you promote you as the host re-promoting an episode. But I love that idea because obviously your audience already likes that guest. You can see by the ratings, you can see. So yeah, why not bring them back on? And do you talk about something different that time or do you talk about yeah. a similar topic? 
I, I usually talk about something to do with their topic, obviously, but totally different information. I'll ask them different questions. One of the big questions I like to ask everybody these days is what are the three most significant things you've learned in your life? So maybe we'll talk about that and then talk about their subject matter. But <clears throat> these are important ways to stay in touch, but to be of service. I believe right now I'm in the legacy part of my career. So I just want as much stuff up there for people. You know, when you ask about my avatar, really my avatar is a man or woman up in the middle of the night biting their fingernails down to the quick thinking does anybody care if I live or die this relationship is driving me crazy mm -hmm. that's who I'm talking to that person who goes oh I'm not alone oh there's something I can do oh you describe him or her perfectly how did you know and then they recognize that this is a thing mm -hmm. these situations exist it's not unique to me it's not I'm a terrible person it's that other person has issues and I am interacting with them and I can change how I interact with them so that empowerment is the whole purpose you know people ask me all the time you know <clears throat> do you still love what you do and I say yes I do it's what gets me up in the morning floats my boat and flips my skirt you know I want to do it I can hardly wait to get on with it and this is after 35 years of doing it so is this important and I think when you when you start a podcast it's very important that you you recognize why you're doing it are you doing it for business reasons and if you're doing it just for business reasons, to make more money or get more audience, you're going to have a very different feeling about what you're doing than if it is your passion and you just want to talk with people and you're excited and you know that you will attract people and it's not about how many dollars they will spend. And I know that the combination of those things is very important. Just a little insight for those people who are wondering. With my podcast, my YouTube channel just reached 347,000 downloads. Uh, <clears throat> so between YouTube, my podcast, and my Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram interaction, mm -hmm. I have a steady flow of clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you're doing it of service, which is what I really love. And I think that when we're helping people get their podcasts going, you know, I think that's the part of like, you know, can you talk about this forever? Get excited about it forever. And if you, you know, we see people pod fading after 10 or 12 episodes and it's like, go back to the beginning. And obviously that topic wasn't, wasn't your, wasn't the real topic. So let's peel back that onion a little bit further and get into the stuff that you can talk about forever and get up excited about every day. And I love to hear that that works for you too. And so, uh, so many great things happening over over the, 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 the period of your a career, I think that's amazing. And talking about a legacy and being of, of service, I think um, getting, your, getting your name out and getting your, the word out. Do you do a lot of guesting on podcasts too on a, on a weekly basis? Oh, several times a week. Mm -hmm. Because the word needs to get out. And people know I'm an expert in the field, so they want to come to the expert in the field. So I am always happy to go on podcasts. You know, people will come to me and they'll say, well, my podcast just started. I know you probably don't want to, but would you? Of course I would, because this is my, this is my passion. Mm -hmm. If I could reach five people in your audience who needed to hear this, 
I would be delighted. So when you're a podcaster looking for guests, don't shy away from people that you think, oh, well, I don't have enough listens. Um, they may be like me, that it's about getting the word out to that one person who really needed to hear it today. Yeah, I love that because it's not about you and it's about the audience, that person that you can reach, right? I think that's really uh, an important takeaway for people listening. You know, uh, remember that in your own podcast. Like I have, we have people that complain all the time about, I only got a hundred downloads this episode. I said, hey, you had a hundred people in your living room. You'd be super excited. And if you only change one of those people's lives, then that's all that matters really at the end of the day. I think that's really, you know, something that our mindset, we really need to not stop focusing on the numbers. <laughs> but like you said, when you get into that flow of things and after time, those numbers just will automatically bring you in new a flow of new clients and new things but <laughs> you're gonna say a but there go ahead I want to, I want to well hear. yes the but is but you have to tell people you did it hmm. it's not just the podcasting mm -hmm. if nobody knows you have a podcast if nobody hears what your podcast episode was if you don't at a minimum put your podcast on a YouTube channel you know, you have to let them know what you have. You have to show up visibly as many places as you possibly can. And so it's not just a simple matter of doing the podcast. It is you have to have interaction and engagement. Like I'm on Facebook probably 90 minutes a day. And I'm interacting with people. And I'm going into groups that are interested in what you know, my topic, toxic relationships. And I don't promote in there. I answer their questions. Mm -hmm. And then they'll click on my name. And then they'll go and find out what I do. And then they drift over and they, they become a podcast listener or, or they like my page or something. But you have to have a system. Mm -hmm. It's not just podcasting. You don't just get to sit behind the microphone and have a good time. You <laughs> got to do the rest of the work. Of course. Yeah. And I also think too, it's funny. A lot of times people have a podcast, but then they don't let people know that they also do it as a business or, you know, this is not just a hobby. You're an expert in your field and you have services and programs that they can work with you further on too. I think that's another sometimes mistake I see people doing where they actually don't say that <laughs> at all in their podcast. They just leave it up to people to assume that. I think it's important. How do you weave that in? Obviously you're, you're an expert and you've been doing this a long time and you have so many amazing credentials how do you weave that into your um, business of how, do you ask invite them to come find you somewhere else afterwards at the end of your show well I have a great intro and outro that is of course pre-recorded <laughs> so that does that and twice during the program I mention. so <clears throat> once I will mention the fact that you know if you need help with that come to be a client.com I have an amazing one hour full session for only $97 for new clients. So I'll say that once. Mm -hmm. And then toward the end of each podcast, I say, you know, if this is interesting you, come on over to transformingrelationship.com and see what's there for you and explore. Now, I had someone on, on uh, YouTube actually write to me and say, well, you talk about yourself too much. Now, hey, it's a podcast and you're getting it for free. And apparently it had value because you listened to the whole thing. If you didn't listen to the whole thing, you wouldn't know when I mentioned my website at the end. 
And, and the person said, you know, it's really great information, but you, you mentioned yourself too much. Uh, who cares? You know, you don't want to be super promotional in the fact that it just sounds like allaboutyou.com. But you do need to be able to stand up and recognize, like, I do this podcast to build my business. I'm not going to be overly promotional, but I do have the right to be promotional. Mm-hmm. And they're just little snippets, you know, 15 seconds. I don't belabor the point. It's just, you know, and I might say, and don't worry about that. It's in the show notes. If you're driving or out for a walk, great. But, you know, that's how you do it in my books. You know, there are some people who don't do that. At the moment, I don't have ads. And the reason I don't have ads is not because I wouldn't like the revenue. Mm -hmm. The reason is because I don't want to disturb the message mm-hmm. you know i listen to other people's podcasts a lot and i just find if i went there for a topic and the first thing i get i listened to one yesterday because you know i'm the fam ch- kids and family editor for podcast magazine so i have to listen to a lot of podcasts so i listened to this one and it started with an ad the first thing i heard was a 30-second ad for something I didn't care about. And I thought, no. And I clicked off. I don't want on in that podcast. I'm not sending over anybody. Mm-hmm. So you have to be extremely careful in my, you know, for me, I just not have not found an ad, a sponsor that I would really like to have that fits my audience and my message. Now, I have a few in mind, and I am going to approach them and see if we can massage the message. But for other people, if you're in a business like an insurance business or something that's very clear that you have a product or whatever, much easier, but I'm in the interaction and relationship business, so it's a little bit different for me. Yeah, and I find that's very similar with a lot of our podcasters that we work with too, is, you know, uh, the podcasters that have their entrepreneurs or their own products and services. So it's, uh, we find it more effective. They talk about their own products and services and try to bring in something that doesn't really resonate with their audience as much. So yeah, finding that, if you can find one that does, that's great. <laughs> but otherwise, our own products and services, I think is, is great to be able to hear that in our own voices. Well, that's why we do the podcast. (laughs) It is a marketing device to do a podcast. You know, you could stick with Facebook ads or whatever. You know, if you're not a person who enjoys being an on-air personality, you wouldn't probably be comfortable. It might be a real stretch for you. But if you're comfortable speaking to uh, a blank screen (laughs) or speaking to your computer, um, and you're doing it as a service, that's one thing. And as I said earlier, if you're doing it as a very strategic business thing, you will do it differently. You will have sponsors, you will do all those things, and that's great. Just doesn't quite suit what I'm up to. Mm-hmm. I love it. Now you mentioned the podcast magazine. I'm going to show the podcast magazine here for those of you that do happen to see this on video. We, uh, you are the uh, editor of one of the uh, categories and that's the family and children's category. Is that correct? Kids and family Kids is and what family. it's called. Mm-hmm. So what is it that you do as a pie, as a, as a category director for the podcast magazine? I'd love to find out more information about that. Sure. Every month I have the opportunity of featuring three podcasts in three different ways. One is a feature article. Uh, 
One is something called under the radar. So that might mean something that's up and coming that people have never heard of. And the other one is an opportunity called off the charts. So that may be something that's super, super wonderful, or it may not have made it on the charts. So I have three opportunities. So people can always write to me at kids and family at podcastmagazine.com if they want me to listen to their um, podcast as a consideration for that. So it means basically that I go out looking for what I really love and it's entirely up to me who I feature. <laughs> and uh, I'm kind of dedicated to the smaller podcaster. Mm -hmm. I know that in the business world, everybody wants the big, big, big name so that we get the big thing. But I've been very clear about my little area. Um, you don't find the big, big names except on NPR or whatever. Um, it's quality information that I'm looking at. For me to consider someone's podcast, they have to have 40 episodes and be current. Mm -hmm. um, because as you mentioned, you know the, the kind of average is people do 8 to 12 podcasts and they'll pod fade. Mm -hmm. So it was too much work. It didn't interest them. They weren't comfortable. They got too busy, whatever happened. And so, of course, that's not going to interest me. But the people who are really in it because they love it and are going to continue doing it, and they continue to show up, and even if their numbers, those elusive numbers are not great, <laughs> um, those are the ones that interest me. You know, the ones that do the research and they're, they're, I particularly like very, very niche shows, you know, that, that they're, they're tiny, you know, like I, uh, in focus, they're not necessarily tiny in, in listenership, but that's what's up with Podcast Magazine. And, and Podcast Magazine category editors use the categories of Apple Podcasts. So if your primary category in Apple Podcasts is kids and family, you would write to me. But if it's relationships, for instance, which is a subcategory of society and culture, then you have to go and make sure your podcast shows up in society and culture to approach Jin, who's Jin Heller, who's the society and culture editor, right? And so that's how it works. I love it. Thank you for sharing because Podcast Magazine is fairly new. It's on its third or fourth month in, in circulation. And so uh, third, yeah, the third month this month. And uh, it's really exciting. We were at the podcast launch party a few weeks ago in San Diego uh, before this lockdown. <laughs> and uh, we, it was really great. Uh, it was really great to see the podcast magazine come to life and um, have a physical copy of it. And I think it's just so interesting. Um, I love how each of the category directors is up to your own discretion and your taste and your values to pick out some shows. And I love reading what you guys are interested in because everyone from category to category varies so much. So I really love what you guys are doing over there. So we'll make sure our, our uh, parenting and kids and family podcasters uh, from Amplify You will make sure they find you. <laughs> and they've got some really great shows out there too. So um, any last words? For Sooner people? the better. Sooner the better. Yeah, you're probably booking it already like end of the year, next year. <laughs> well, the thing is, Michelle, I have to listen to them all. Mm -hmm. So, and let me say this. If I start listening and I'm turned off, I don't keep listening. Yeah. So make sure your beginning is good. 
right? Like here, my show, and here's what I've learned over time. I have a 10-second piece of music. I have a 30-second trailer with my voice. This is what's upcoming. I have my intro. I have my show. I have my outro. Mm -hmm. That way I don't lose people. 10 seconds, they'll listen to the music. I'm on the right podcast. Then I tell them what's up for them. If they want to hear about that, they're going to stay. If they don't want to hear about that, they're going to go. Then they're willing to listen to my intro because it's soothing and it says they're in the right place and it tells them what they're going to get as a result of listening. And then we have the guest or the solo cast. And then the outro is about... Here's how to get in touch with me if I can help you. Consider making a Patreon donation. And here's my website. Yeah, I love that. And what I think people forget is that when people are listening to your show, they might listen to multiple episodes in a row. So if you have a really long outro and a really long intro, that is too much time for them to like, they're going to be skipping, 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 and then up to another show if it's too long, right? That's really great advice. It's very wise, I've learned, you know, because I've been at this a long time and I've done some wrong things that didn't work so well. <laughs> so <clears throat> it's that timing piece. You know, people are very quick to move on. Mm -hmm. And remember how your podcast gets listened to. What happens to get statistics on YouTube? What happens to get statistics in a, in a podcatcher? You know, how your statistics come about. They need to listen for X number of minutes before it counts. Mm -hmm. You know, so you have to know about all those kind of things. Or work with someone like yourself who knows all about those things and will tell them. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because what you don't know, you don't know, right? <laughs> so <laughs> there's a lot of the moving pieces in the strategy I find to podcasting. And as people get more savvy to podcasting, um, it's getting more and more like relevant. You need to have those things in peace, place and you need to make sure that you're not tearing people off on those intros. So yes, I, we appreciate you so much, Dr. Roberta Shaler for joining us today. And thank you so much for like blazing the trail in podcasting and sharing some of your insights and things you've learned over the years. You guys, please go listen to our show. It is awesome. It's called Save Your Sanity Podcast. You'll find it on iTunes everywhere. You'll learn all sorts of the tricks she was talking about. Now that you've heard the inside behind the scenes things, listen to her intro, listen to the little ad she does in the middle, listen to the ending, and also listen, please, and reach out if you need help in your relationships, especially right now. People are at home with people that they might not love anymore. <laughs> so reach out and uh, we're spending a lot of time close quarters these days, right? So uh, please uh, reach out if you need some help. So thank you. Thank you. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you, family, for joining us on this adventure. If you're ready to be heard, head over to mypodcastcoach.com where you'll find out all the tools and tips you'll need to launch your podcast today. If you have a show already and you need some help managing it, please head over to managemypodcast.com and the Amplify You team would be happy to help you manage your podcast. Please also head over to iTunes, like, subscribe, and review our show so we can spread this message. And until next time, be your own unique genius.